because I mean, it, it took me a hundred hours to platinum the game, something like that, um, with all my various playthroughs, different builds I was trying, and it's like I'm not going to remember everything. It took me a hundred hours to get the game once. A hundred hours? Yeah, I think I hit hundred and forty hours to get to the end. <laughs> Zach is preternaturally good at these games. I will say, like he talked about just recently discovering them. I, I guess I don't know if you're good at video games in general. I, I know Q's also pretty good at like he's picks up games pretty quickly. But Zach is so good at FromSoft games. Like he is. I don't know if he's like elite professional speedrunner tier, but in terms of like layman playing the game, he's like one of the best I've seen. Um, he's in. He has a talent for these games. 100 hours for Platinum is still pretty incredible. I, I, that's, I feel like just the amount of traversal you have to do. That, that, that well, here's possible. a litmus but, test. Zach, can you beat the game with a banana? With a banana? That's true. Like playing as a, yeah. with a banana as a controller? Yeah. Yes. No. Then get, get fucking good. No. Why are you even on this? Get out of here. Get, All off right. this, get, off this, get off this call. The headset's coming off. See y'all later. Yeah. Okay, what if yeah. you don't use the banana as a controller? You like cut the banana halves in half and put one over each finger, and you just have banana hands. Can Ooh. you do that? Oh, banana finger method. Any percent banana speed run. You might have just invented something, Rob. Yeah, wow. That's yeah, you a, may have I look forward to there. seeing this uh, on stream. Goat Games, where we only play the best games. I am your host, Alan Newton. I am joined today by Quentin. Oh, hello. Yes, I'm Quentin. Should I should I should I throw my tag out there too, or just say, "Hey, I'm Quentin," or it's, people call me? Ha however, you want the, the world and our likely audience of like six people to know you as. That's that's what whatever you want to do. I, I don't know how to. Yeah. I, mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Quentin. People call me Q. Some call me Rat. Pleasure to be here. Okay. Okay. So I'm also I'm joined by uh, Rob. Hello, I'm uh, Rob. I stream on Twitch as a uh, Super Captain Rob. I'm a variety streamer, accidental just chatter, and professional doofus. It's a pleasure to be here. Hell yeah! And last, but um, probably not least, Zach. Yo, I'm uh, Zach from Zach Attacks Games. You can see me stream on Twitch whenever I feel like it, which lately has not been very often. Yeah, and I also have a Twitch channel called uh, Figgy O, F-I-G-G-Y underscore O. It's uh, we we like we like we like to have fun there. Um, so welcome to Go Games, the first ever episode. In case you can't tell by the slapdash haphazard uh vibe of the whole thing this is the first time we've ever done this you're getting it on the ground floor of a phenomenon baby baby listener can i call you baby listener i hope so um and to, the premise is that we talk about only the best games ever made we don't do game of the week although this game is kind of this week's is kind of game of the week but we just talk about the best games ever made are they great what makes them great are they still great or are they overrated that's what we're doing Welcome to Goat Games. So, guys, today we are talking about uh, the big, one of the biggest gaming phenomenons. I think I can say in years. Is that is that fair to say? Is that an overstatement? Uh, no, I'd say that's very fair that's, to say. Yep. Accurate. I like. I mean, you, you know, it had a two three year hype train. Yeah, 
And, and it, I feel like I can say it mostly delivered. It actually delivered. And that's the big key on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like fucking Amazon delivered right to your door with the hype, hype achieved. Um, so uh, we are talking about Elden Ring, which if you're listening to this in 2022 is very apropos uh, and very uh, topical. Um, but in the future, we'll talk about some classic games as well. So stick around. Um, but we just figured we'd start with the game that we've all recently played and really, and I think mostly enjoy. Um, we'll talk about why we think Elden Ring is good. Well, I'm, I'm at least going to talk about some of its flaws. I'm a, the kid gloves are coming off. I don't know. Maybe these people, maybe I just got some fanboys here. We'll see. Um, but, and we'll talk about what makes it good. So a little bit of vital stats up front. Elden Ring was a game developed by From Software, released February 25th of 2022, directed by the um, illustrious Hidetaka Miyazaki, with collaboration from Mr. George R.R. R. Martin. Um, as of this, this recording, the latest data I could find is that it has sold upwards of 13.4 million copies, with a sitting at a 96 on Metacritic. And uh, the general vibe I get from the internet, which I don't have metrics for this, is that people like it. A lot. Critics, uh, every critical review I, I, I read of it, you'll, you'll find videos of people being like, this is why Elden Ring actually sucks, but they're just contrarians. They're just going against the narrative for, for clicks. Uh, it's doing really well. And so uh, how far have y'all gotten in the game? Do we have any Elden Lords among us? Well, I have the uh, Platinum Trophy. Oh, fuck. What is that? What is that? Uh, Basically, it just means that everything that they felt I needed to do, I did um, beat the game several times over, um, did a lot of side content. Um, honestly, though, like as far as platinum trophies go, um, Elden Ring really wasn't that bad. Um, typically, like from soft games, uh, when it goes when it comes to getting everything done, whether you're doing like achievements on Xbox or Steam or trophies on PlayStation, They'll have some really tedious things thrown in there, but um, honestly, I thought Elden Ring's Platinum was probably the easiest one out of all the ones I've tried to do. How many times did you have to beat it to get Platinum? Also, did the Platinum Trophy come with any esoteric lore attached to it? Uh, no lore, um, because um, but it basically gives you like multiple endings. Um, I believe, um, I'm going off the cuff, but I believe you have to beat it twice. Oh, that's not bad to get the platinum or no, I'm sorry. Three times. You have to get three endings, uh, of all, I think there's six endings, but most of them are the same. Um, but it gives you a pretty good flavor. Like you have to do the Ronnie ending. You have to do the frenzy flame ending. Mm. Um, mm. you have to do, um, a couple things in the game that you wouldn't normally do, or you might miss. Um, it's just, but overall, like as far as uh, uh, trophy or achievement collecting, like everything in there is stuff that I would want to do anyway. Like it's collecting weapons, it's killing certain bosses. Like the overwhelming amount of um, trophies uh, were for boss kills, and I wanted to kill everybody. Um, oh, nice! And a, yeah, and a really nice thing is that um, none of the trophies slash achievements were dependent on online play. It's all stuff you can do solo, and I love that, In especially in single-player focus games. I always hate it when they throw in, like, a, oh, hey, by the way, you have to go do 50 duels online. Oh, I hate it. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I thought it was, uh, a, like, it, the 
it was very easy to do. Um, the hardest part is, you know, obviously the game is extremely difficult. Um, so some mm-hmm. of some of the boss fights, you know, if you're not good right build. Um, or the right build, you know, they can be extremely difficult. Um, but what it's asking you to do, if you're like a FromSoft veteran, it's you're like, OK, yeah, that seems pretty par for the uh, for the course. And congratulations, Zach. I did not know you had platinum platinum plat plat. Oh, hold on. Platinumed it. Oh, yeah. Good job. Uh, I platinumed I it. Uh, I did it on stream. I- the whole thing. I know. Well, I've been a Ronin wandering away from Twitch. I'm coming back, baby. Um, it's my has doesn't mean I don't love y'all. It just means that oh, I, I, know. I haven't I been don't... on Twitch at all. No. Uh, uh, from the looks of it, nobody has. Um, I've never seen yeah. viewer numbers this low. Like I've been streaming for about a year and a half, but I've been on Twitch for like six years. And even like big streamers are seeing dips. And I just I don't know if it's people are moving off the platform or if people are just finding something else. If like TikTok's really the future and nobody wants to watch long form anymore. But um, I've just noticed that like even amongst like the um, people I hang out with that are fairly successful, like they're seeing like 20 to 30 percent dips in numbers. My guess is that it's, be- I mean, Twitch had a huge boom during the height of the pandemic. It's that people oh, have discovered they can go outside again. I, I think that's what it is. I, I might be wrong. I, I'm not an expert on the topic, but I think it's that people have realized like, oh, there's nature outside. And so I was I, in I, it I've yesterday. Been, people have been telling me to touch grass for three fucking years and now I can do it. You know, I think that's kind of the. Oh, I general... touched, touched a lot of grass yesterday. It was great. Yeah, I rubbed my face in it. Um, okay, so uh, Robert. Yeah. May I call you Robert or Bobbert? Either is uh, fine. I usually go by Bobbert's Rob, but good. yeah, it's whatever's good. <laughs> I, uh, I'm uh, easy. Um, how far have you come in your in your Elden Ring journey? So I think I'm fairly far through. I've completed the full Ronnie quest line, and um, I'm currently fighting the Fire Giant. Um, oh, the Fire Giant. So yeah, son I of a bitch. Feel like I'm pretty far through. Um, I'm a little bit stuck here because I've most I've been doing a magic build, so I've mostly been getting by by uh, cheesing and being overpowered. And Fire Giant is not having a lot of that. <laughs> so. Do you do you do you have Azir's comment? Do you have the Kamehameha? I don't actually. I need to get the Kamehameha. Should... Yeah, if you want to cheese a magic build, just get your get a Azir's comment. You can basically be Goku. Um, some bosses it doesn't work against, but big fat ones, delicious. I'll have to um, hunt it down. Okay, and then Quinton, I think, has had the most... Uh, I, th- I think he's had the most realistic Elden Ring experience of all of us. Well, where, what happened with you, Quinton? <laughs> why, why do you put it that way? <laughs> just, I mean, what happened? I mean, maybe it's changed since I last spoke to you about it, but I believe last time I spoke to you... Yes, so I, I am... Hmm, I'm not the gamer I used to be who was full of energy and life and loved open world and just exploring for hours, looking at blades of grass. Um, I cannot do that anymore. So I booted up Elden Ring, very excited about it. Love the game series, um, love Dark Souls. And I basically grabbed a sword and never stopped running and screaming and running away from things until I got to the end. And uh, I have no idea what the story is. I don't remember any character names, but I killed a lot of things, <laughs> and it was really oh, fun. Oh wait a minute! I thought you rage quit at Melania and then left the and then and then left the game forever. I thought you I thought the waterfowl dance undid you and you. 
no. stop playing entirely. Well, I, I haven't played in a while because of other things. Um, no, I got to I got to that POS that they call Melania, and whoever made that boss should be fired and never work again because they're absolutely bullshit. I hate the yeah, mechanics. We'll I that. hate everything about it. Anyway, so I I got to that. I tried to kill that creature for several hours, and I said, this is the worst thing ever, so I left Melania and went straight to the Elden Worm, or whatever it is, and have been standing at the gate. (laughs) Sorry. It's a big worm. It looks like a... I don't know, a germ. It is a big, fat star worm. It is a a star worm. But I got to... Yeah, so I I didn't kill it. I went there, and I only went into the arena once, and then I haven't... And I died, and then I haven't had a chance to start the game up again. But, I mean, I got... I I think I'm at the end. Yeah, you are. That is the end of the game. Um, And then I have beaten it once, entirely. And with all the... with Well, I'm sure there's bosses I missed, but all the main big bosses. So I did beat Melania finally fucking finally and i beat i I beat all the main side bosses and stuff i'm sure there's some catacombs i missed um and stuff like that uh but those catacombs tend to repeat bosses which is something i kind of want to talk about so i think i've probably hit all of the boss experiences um and i've worked i did the hallig tree and i worked through the main game and I have beaten, uh, and I beat, I beat, I beat the big fat, the, the, the big star worm with the bottom heavy star worm. Um, and yeah, so I think we have a pretty good mix of, uh, experiences here, uh, which is in general, again, I'm kind of talking to the future of anybody listening. I kind of want to get in most of these episodes. So we have someone, uh, the illustrious expert, uh, Zach, who's, um, platinum the game beating it multiple times we have someone in the midst of playing it as we speak we have we have um we have a quitter <laughs> come on man man he did you dirty <laughs> and then we and then we have someone who's who's played the game who's beaten the game but is maybe a little bit more casual so um i hope we get like have a mix of perspectives of what you know what the game looks like to different people um and you know kind of what the general consensus is so um how do y'all just just really quick? I mean, you don't have to. You know, I'm, we're gonna get into more nitty gritty topics, uh, discussing specific mechanics, stuff like that. How do y'all feel? Do, do y'all in, so Zach hopefully likes it. I think he said that. It'd be, it'd be pretty wild. It's like I platinumed it and I hated it. Um, do, are y'all enjoying? Did y'all enjoy the game, Robert? You're in the middle of it. Are you enjoying it, Quentin? Despite your frustration, did you get any value from it? Or did oh, you just it's think it was an entirely- a, a, amazing game. I love it. It was just that one absolute dog shit of a boss that makes me mad and i can't think about her because i'll get very frustrated again but it was a very very fun game and i could if i had time i'll get back into it again but i mean i could spend hundreds of more hours just playing it different ways and different styles um yeah because i shook it up a little bit i think i went through three different builds throughout my playthrough and they were all very fun um one was very frustrating and difficult though yeah, the replayability is insane. Robert, are you enjoying it, or are you, are yeah. you just... I've been um, liking it a lot. I, you know, like, it's... A lot of the times for me, I won't play that many games outside of stream, but this is one that I, like, have taken more time than I probably should have um, playing it, because I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, it definitely has some parts that that uh, get me angry, um, but I also mm, think, yes. like all of the souls games do and 
honestly, I think it's a lot better than a lot of the older Souls games were about that, which, I mean, we can Ooh. get to that later. Um, yeah, but it's a hot take. Yeah, so, like, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. I think it's a fantastic game. It definitely has some frustrations, and there are things that I think could be better, but on the whole, like, it's for sure one of the best games ever made, so... Excellent. Yes. Um, have so really quick. I mean, I want to get into the actual. Um, just really quick. What is y'all's uh ex- like history with FromSoft? Uh, we can start with Zach because I know I know his. Um, I watched a chunk of it. <laughs> wow. yeah, so, uh, my history with FromSoft has always been uh up until recently. I've loved the games like in a vacuum just looking at them what they mean like what you're supposed to do like to me they are the ultimate rpg you start with nothing you build your whole character sheet you're thrust in a world and it's really trying to kill you um and you have to overcome adversity um the way it teaches you to play the game um you know if you put the time in um they're very rewarding experiences every single one of the miyazaki from soft games uh but for me i didn't want to learn them i was always frustrated because i just wanted to mash buttons i wanted to get through everything you know i was like why is this so hard why and it made me feel like man i'm just i suck at games um Mm -hmm. so i would say um before elden ring was announced i probably put i own i bought the games and i would probably put an hour into them i'm going all the way back to like demon souls on ps3 like i was like oh this is cool um, and then I'd play for like 45 minutes, be like, no, this sucks. I can't do this. I don't understand it. And then when I saw the trailer for Elden Ring, um, when it was announced at like E3 2019 or 2020, whatever it was, I was like, holy shit, this is the game. Like, this is what I this want. Is the one. And, but, um, but I was like, I need to earn this. Like, I can't just walk into this. Like <laughs> I, I need to go, like, I need to earn this game. And that was when I decided I'm just going to play every single game uh, and I'm going to beat them. And what better way to do that than do it on Twitch? Um, And that's where I met the majority of um, my streamer friends um, was whenever I just went on a saga, starting with uh, Demon's Souls on PS5. Um, Played the remake, um, went straight from that Dark Souls 1, 2, 3. Uh, then I did uh, Sekiro uh, and saved Bloodborne for last because the whole time everybody's like, look, do Bloodborne last. You're going to love it. Bloodborne save it, so you know, like save Bloodborne for the end. And then uh, so um, a lot of people would come in and be like, yeah, you can't do this. You don't have enough time. Like you're not going to be able to. <laughs> um, I think I gave myself six months. Like I started in um, June or maybe even May of 2021. Um and people are like, you don't have enough time. And I'm sitting there thinking, it's going to take me six months. I was like, I could play each one of these games. But either way, I did it. Um, I beat every single game on stream. Um, but uh, relatively speaking, like, I've, I've, like it's new to me. Like, I had to relearn how to play games. Um, and I thought Demon's Souls on PS5 was actually a really great way um, to do that. Um, the way that it's set up is it's really conducive for a new player to kind of learn everything. It's the most forgiving of the games mm-hmm. and getting through that kind of made me think, okay, um, when I got to D- or when I got to Dark Souls one, uh, it's like, now there's bonfires. I have checkpoints. I understand what the game's asking me to do. And it's not rush through everything. It's take your time. Look under every piece of grass, you know, look behind every corner. There's something, um, and just as it went, as I went through the games, I was like, yeah, this is, this is what I like so much. So like it's ruined games for me. 
Like, um, you know, like I just when like when I play other games, I just get bored. Like there's not there's not the detail. There's not the world building. um, There's not the the combat. I mean, the combat in all these games are just they're rock solid. It's like they're not cheap. Um, But, you know, my journey to getting to Elden Ring by the time it came out, like I was ready to hit the ground running. And, um, you know, it was one of the most entertaining and magical experiences that I've had playing a game like it brought me back to like childhood like when games were like magic you know like think about like the first time you played like Ocarina of Time you're like what is this this is something I've never played before and that's what Elden Ring did to me for open world games like this is this is the sandbox where you can go anywhere you can do anything and the world's populated you know And one of the things it does better than any other Souls or Souls-like game is that instead of being like a linear path where, you know, you go through you go through a line, hit a boss, get stuck. Well, in Elden Ring, if you get stuck, just go somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that design characteristic is just incredible of just that, like, so from soft. So first of all, I love how your story of getting to Elden Ring and having to earn it is kind of a meta version of a FromSoft game of like having to like earn your way through everything to get the like reward of the uh, of the final boss and of that catharsis. It's like you you did that in a meta way of going through each you use the word like earn it, having to earn Elden Ring by getting through all the hard games of FromSoft. Um that's amazing. That's and um I like how uh, yeah, no, so that's one of the mechanics that makes uh Elden Ring so good is that you know, FromSoft games have traditionally been, it's been a hot topic debate um, to, for some. It's a criticism of, you know, they're too hard. They're inaccessible. Like, I want to be able to play the game, but I don't like having to, like, essentially die over and over and over and over again and basically be told I'm trash over and over and over again. Um, and Elden Ring has a beautiful solve to that and that you can, like, if you get stuck, you can, you, you can, lo- there's so much more for the world to offer. Like you're not locked in any kind of path. You're, you know, if you get stuck, you can go fuck around in a cave, go look at a mine. What's this castle over here? Like it just offers so much for like leveling up and also teaching you the mechanics as opposed to just banging your head against the wall. That kind of goes away a little bit in the end game. I feel like, I feel like once you get to like the, like the optional, like very, you know, Melania and some of the late game bosses, like there's less of that, but it's especially early game. It does such a good job of giving you that freedom. Um, Robert, what is your experience with FromSoft? Like, have, I actually so, don't know. I don't know if I you have, played other games before this I or have, what. I have, yeah. My first From game is actually, I don't think I've ever even heard anyone else like talk about this game. It was a GameCube game called um, Lost Kingdoms, which oh. is made by FromSoft. I'd call it sort of a proto-Souls game. Um it's an interesting one. It's hard to explain. Um, my first actual I don't think I've Souls... ever heard of this. Yeah, it's a really cool game. Honestly, like it's it's worth checking out because it's it's kind of like a Souls game. If instead of having a weapon, you had a deck and the cards when you pulled them did different attacks. What's um, it called? King King's what now? Lost King's... Kingdoms. Not King's Quest. That's okay. not King's Quest. Lost King's Quest is uh, that's the proto Souls Sierra games. Yeah, that's the real, that's the proto game for everything. <laughs> everything is just borrowing you, from King's Quest. I I replayed Lost Kingdoms like a year ago or so, and replaying it, I was like, oh, wow, I can see so many things in this game that are like in the later Souls games, which is why I call it a proto Souls game. Like, there's obviously a lot that's very different about it, too. But um, I don't know. It's, it was like a, I think it's an interesting 
historical thing to go back and look at. Plus, it's a really unique mechanic that I've never seen any other game do. Um, huh. I'm going to have to check yeah. this out. I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. That's, That's a really lot of cool. fun. Um, so, yeah, then, like, my first Souls game would have been Dark Souls 1, which I think I, I, I like, picked up, played for a couple hours, and then was like, no, this is, I can't do this, I'm done. Um, and I had a similar experience down the road with Dark Souls 3. Um, the first one that I ever beat was actually Bloodborne, because I picked up Bloodborne and loved the aesthetic of it so much that even though it was just kicking Mm. the crap out of me, Mm -hmm. it was, like, worth it to me to push through to keep seeing it. And it, like, taught, you know, like, to beat a Souls game, you have to learn how to play a Souls game, and once you know how to play one, you can apply it to the others. So yep. I went back later on down the line and beat Dark Souls 1 and 3. I've still given up on 2. We'll see. Maybe I'll come back to it someday. Oh, um, 2 gets such a bad rap. I like 2. I, but yeah. I like 2 a lot. I think it has one of the worst versions of my big complaint about the Souls games, um, which is like why I stopped playing it. Um, but like, I think it's a really cool game. It just like frustrated me the most out of all of them. What was your um, complaint? Yeah. What, what is so that complaint? We my, can talk about that now. My big complaint. We, and I have this with like a lot of souls, like, like hollow Knight is another one that I played very oh, far through Knight. and then gave up. Cause I got so sick of this is I don't mind when a boss fight is really hard and kicks my butt a hundred times. What I yeah. hate is having to run back to the boss yes. fight. Oh and my I gosh. Think yes. Like Elden Ring has such a beautiful solution to that in the stakes of Melania. And Mm -hmm. when it frustrates me the most is when it doesn't use the stakes of Melania or it puts them kind of far away. Um, But like, I just, I hate when I have, like I'm trying to learn a fight and every time, every attempt between the fight is punctuated by five minutes of running through the same dungeon that I've run through a thousand times before. Yeah. Um, So I, 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 I totally, I agree. Um, I mean, there's people who say like, well, you know, that's part of the experience as, you know, just actually it's more difficulty and more frustration, making the victory all the sweeter. Um, which I think is a fair, I think is a fair assessment, but I, I tend to fall on the side of like the bosses are hard enough. Like the bosses feel <laughs> rewarding enough. Um, yeah. I just, so after I beat Elden Ring, I went back and beat, I played Dark Souls one and beat it. Um, and all that game's like, Oh, some of the slogs of the bosses, like, Beating the fucking Capra demon in the broom closet Ugh. and having to run all the way through like undead Berg to get to him, like, like come on Miyazaki, like the Capra demon's already a fully unfair fight as is. Like don't, like why do you hate me so much? But then you know you beat him and you're like, oh thank you Miyazaki, thank you. Like um, it's kind of an <laughs> abusive relationship that <laughs> Miyazaki has developed with his fan base. Capra demon's still like a trigger word for me. I hate Capra Demon. That was anyway, like Rob, can, the very first real wall I hit, and I thought I can't yeah. do I can't do this. It was for me too. I, when I just replayed it, it was the first time I've ever replayed Dark Souls One. I was high off Elden Ring. And I needed more, but I wanted something a little different. And yeah, the um, I was felt like a fucking god. If you haven't played a Dark Souls game since beating Elden Ring, you're gonna you're gonna feel, you're the fucking Elden Lord walking around amongst like peons because the mechanics are just so different. Like they're so they're a lot more like sl- they're as f- fast paced as Dark Souls One is. It's a lot slower pace, and so like. Um, I didn't even play with a shield. Like I did a Dex Pyromancy build, and I was just like flipping around these these peons until I got to the Capper Demon. I was like, "Oh, there it is. There's that feeling. There you are, Dark Souls. I remember you." <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, Rob. Uh, continue. Oh, you're good. Um, 
so yeah i uh i guess those are the ones that i've played are souls one three i've played a lot of two but haven't beaten it bloodborne and now working on elden ring sekiro i have not picked up or tried before i have a suspicion i won't like it as much as the others if i try it um but we'll see I may give it a shot at some point. A follow-up for you, Rob, is did you ever play mm-hmm. any, like, Tenchu games or Ninja Gaiden, like, on Xbox? I, um, I think I played, like, 15 minutes of one of the Ninja Gaidens and just noped out very quickly. It was, oh boy. I was like, I can't even get the controls right on this. Oh, boy. Um, oh, man. Ninja Gaiden was a, that was a game changer for me. I fell in love with that game the first time I played it. Well, that's a good segue. So, Q, what's what, what's been your experience with FromSoft games and, and Souls games and Souls likes? And Ninja Gaiden is also FromSoft, correct? No, I'm that's right. uh, that's Team Ninja. Oh, gotcha. Ninja Gaiden's absolutely not a Souls ga- FromSoft game. That's what I meant to say. That's what I, <laughs> I'm going to edit that in and say that I said that and Definitely looked, like not. really knowledgeable. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I thought for some reason they didn't. Did they do besides Sekiro? Did they have a ninja game? Hold on, I'm gonna look up every FromSoft game. Yeah, uh, what is your experience? Yeah, with FromSoft, FromSoft made a ton of games. <laughs> well, actually, I am just realizing that my first experience with FromSoft because I didn't know they made it. Why would I ever look it up? I was a child. Was um, holy shit, Armored Core Two so was the first FromSoft game that I played, and I a absolutely lot of people like that game. loved that game. It was so much fun. Um, I was also watching Gundam back then and all that stuff. So I was big into the robots and whatnot. I even had a, a really dope ass armored core model that I think somebody got me as a gift from GameStop back then. It was like a $40 model like this big and it was so badass. I don't know where it went. Hell yeah. It was really cool. Um, I don't know. It's probably like in a hole in a backyard or something. Cause I was playing weird games with all my toys and army men. And I buried them. But anyway, uh, Armored Core oh. 2 was my first experience. But <laughs> they were, we're not really going to talk about that. Um, so I got <laughs> no, you into... you can talk about that. I mean... Talk about whatever you want. Man, this was 2002, space. bro. I don't remember jack shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably fair. I, I didn't realize FromSoft extends back to 1994 with Kingsfield, which I've heard of, actually oh, heard yeah. of Kingsfield. But uh, Kingsfield around... is the first Souls game. I know that's I've I've heard that and I thought like oh it must I I don't know my time frame is like oh it probably goes back to like what like early two thousands but FromSoft has been like hard at work since nineteen ninety four oh yeah wow oh they were wow. founded in uh, nineteen eighty six Ninja, Ninja Blade. Blade that was the game I was thinking of that was FromSoft that was a Ninja game yeah jeez wow okay, yeah, go, they go, go on way Q. Back. I'm sorry hot damn yeah wow um, good for them. I, 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 <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> I mean, truly, they're a success story. I mean, you know, they started at the bottom, I guess. Kingsfield's their bottom. And now they're here. Look at them. I will say this. King- Kingsfield is not a very good game. I, yeah. I mean, it, I hear it's like all the bad parts of, of of Souls games without the good parts of Souls games is what I hear. Like all the annoying <laughs> bullshit with none of the satisfaction. Like it, I, I played it. I was like testing it. I was like, let's see if this is streamable. And I think I uh-huh. made it like ten minutes before I was like, no, like this, this, yeah. this, there's, there's something here, but like this is not, like this is not as polished. Like you can tell, like you can tell, like the ideas were there, but they were limited by the hardware. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's inspirational though, you know. I mean, like for any artist out there, or any kind of like creative person, like I mean, it's a, it's a it's a whole company versus a single person, so it's a little different. But you know, they started there, and then now all the way up to Elden Ring. Um, by the way, it looks like Miyazaki started working in the Armored Core series. So if you want to know, like when the Miyazaki influence kind of started really taking over, it looks like 2005. So um, uh, with Miyazaki, um, the first game he directed was Armored Core Four. Um, and he um, he joined from in 2005 and he helped plan um, Armored Core Last Raven. Um, but he did two um, Armored Core games as a director and then he did Demon Souls. And that was like when the gloves came off. Uh, but if the rumors are true um, sometime this summer, um, they're going to announce the next Armored Core game, which leaked and he may or may not have directed it. Ooh, hear that cue? Wow. Yeah, they, they, they li- he listened to you. They did just now, and they turned it all around. Yeah. Thank you, guys. That's <laughs> the power of this podcast. Anyway, Q, go ahead and uh, and continue your discussion of the Souls games. When did you touch a Souls game? So, uh, you, you mentioned Armored Core and getting your sweet, sweet toy that you buried in the dirt. And then... <laughs> I'm assuming it's buried somewhere. I played rough with my toys. Um, That's going to be a sweet find for somebody someday. They're, they're going to be like, excavating. Um I know that I picked up Dark Souls either the same year it came out or a year after that. And when I played that, that game was it was absolutely amazing to me. I fell in love with it immediately. It was such an immersive, wonderful experience. I've never played anything like it. The uh, aesthetic of the world, um, the lore, the art, the combat system everything about it was just so unbelievably rewarding and i i mean i just spent countless hours playing through that game multiple multiple times finding new things every time i played it and new experiences um it was just it it was it was so unique and different and what I love, and we've talked about it a little bit, what what makes these games work in a way that's so different is the progression. And it's you progress because you get better and you get smarter, not that your character gets stronger. Um, so every single stage of the game can be so sad, such a unique, satisfying experience because uh, because you beat the boss because you you got better as a as a player as a gamer and you figured out their weaknesses and everything the combat was so pinpoint and intricate with um with your strikes and your parries and your timing and all that stuff and it was it was a wonderful experience um so i i still well it's been a minute but dark souls was one of those games that i used to come back to on a yearly rotation because i i had a few of those games where once a year i would always play through certain types of games because they were my top favorite i absolutely loved them and dark souls was one of those i did for many many years i would at least try to beat it one time um every year and then i played uh dark souls 2 and 3 um which were very fun finish them uh I finished two. I don't think I finished three. Um, but those were those were great. I, there's something just nostalgic about Dark Souls that is, I think, keeps it at my top favorite. It's it's got its issues. It's old and it's got some problems 
Um, oh, it still holds up though. It, it holds like up. It. I mean, it it's yeah, it's it, that one probably still holds the top for me. Just it, most of it's probably nostalgic because it was just so revolutionary in my life when I picked it up and played it. Um, but I, I very much enjoyed uh, two and three. I never played Demon Souls. Never played Sekiro or Bloodborne. Um, oh, if, if I had a PlayStation, I would have played Bloodborne back when it came out because I was so excited about it. But I was I had know. no access to it. I'll lend you my it. PS4. I, ha- I have access to your physical location and body. I can lend you. The <laughs> yeah, P- I can lend you my true. PS4 if you want it. Just the um, PS4, though, right? What you say? You're just gonna lend them the PS4 because you're talking yeah, just about the PS4. You're talking yeah, about no, physical just, bodies and well, you know, I mean, we'll start with the PS4 and see where it goes. Um, no, but yeah, now I'm gonna lend you my PS4. Um, I can lend you my PS4 if you want to play it. Bloodborne is—I don't know if you've noticed, but every time one of you has mentioned Bloodborne, I've let out a little moan of just like a little, oh yeah, just because I love that game so much. I—I I don't know much about so it, good. but I have heard that the the story is pretty fucked up. The the it's lore is amazing. Story. It does. It is the best uh, spoilers for anyone who's never played Bloodborne. So I don't know. Take off your headphones, rat. I don't know. But uh, it is the best. You've watched me play Bloodborne, actually. You, you've seen me on stream. Um, it's the best Lovecraftian fiction that I've ever experienced, including reading Lovecraft. I, I know. I I think nothing captures that like fear. We're, we're, we need to talk about Elden Ring. I can edit out all of our fanboying over all no, these no, no, not no, Elden no. Ring. No, it's, 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 <laughs> it's fine. Um, uh, but uh yeah nothing else distills like the just this fear of the cosmic unknown and just this like everything is just bigger and larger than you can imagine and and it's terrifying because of that this cosmic horror better than bloodborne in my opinion this like oh it's so good like but even yeah, so, uh, um, or just just to add on to that figure all you need to really do is like even if you isolated the fishing hamlet from bloodborne oh. But like uh, just that part of Bloodborne is the most Lovecraftian piece of media I've ever seen. It's uh, there's a Lovecraft story specifically about a fishing town. Uh, Dagon. In the, well, yeah. So Dagon and also Insmith. Insmith, where like it's a bunch of fish people in a town, and the protagonist runs away. Oh. Okay, but we're not talking about blood. Oh, yeah, I'll talk about my experience with FromSoft games. So I, I, I did them in order. Uh, so I, uh, I discovered them after, not, not technically in order. I take that back. Um, so I did my friend and uh, my roommate when years ago, um, uh, when I first moved to Atlanta, was like, oh, you never played Dark Souls? Oh, I didn't realize you weren't a real gamer. Or, I mean, it wasn't it? That's how I interpreted it. But no, he was just like Dark Souls is an amazing game, and you gotta play it. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. You know, I have nothing else going on in my life. I'm everything else is, is in shambles, so I'll just do this. And um, and then yeah, the I, and then I I just disappeared for like three days and played that game entirely. Um, something that you can't really do as an adult, really. Like these games just get their hooks into you, and you just keep going. And yeah, and like it the catharsis that you feel that I felt from like playing like dark souls is incredible. Um, I, I don't know. I think there's something to be said, just like, you know, they, they every game starts you off as nobody as nothing except for maybe Sekiro Sekiro. You kind of start off as somebody with a little bit of like repute, but, but yeah, every game starts you off as fucking nobody. And they tell you like you're, they, they tell you like, Oh, you're just a hollow undead. You're just uh, unkindled ash. And this one's like, oh, you're fucking tarnished. And then like the game just like 
puts it on you to like to grow and just puts it on you to like master the game to literally come from nothing and manifest your own destiny which i don't know why i said manifest destiny that's about moving out west so you it's like it's more manifest destiny than the oregon trail but yeah to like make to like make your own way and to like just become something greater than you started as and and it, and it just delivers because you have to as your character is growing you are growing like you level up but um no other game just feels as good to master as FromSoft. i don't even know what their secret sauce is because other games require mastery but FromSoft just does it so good. Like you feel like you've earned Elden Lord. Unlike other games where it's like you start off as like, oh, you're you're super great. Like you you just have all this natural talent, like your character does. Um FromSoft makes no you know, it, it doesn't hide the fact that the person you're starting as is nothing. And if you want them to be something, you have to do it. Um and it's just such a rewarding feeling, you know. Um yeah, like there's like a lot of I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos about like you know gaming and uh, particularly FromSoft and there's a lot of YouTube videos of people talking about like FromSoft like helping them through hard times like FromSoft games and I and I think it's because it just it creates this sense of um of empower of of empowerment and taking control of your life and uh and just making something of yourself so if you're not making you know if you feel down about your lot in life in real life it just creates the sense of accomplishment anywho <laughs> elden ring <laughs> so we've we've uh okay so i'm glad we so now that we have an idea of where we're all coming from with a history of FromSoft games and just uh and just our general enjoyment or frustrations with them we get to elden ring so um elden ring i i feel like is um we what so that I kind of feel like we can talk about um we'll talk about each aspect of the game um and we'll, uh what works what doesn't what we like what we don't like what stood out what needs what didn't um so we'll start with the mechanics um Zach alluded to this earlier where um I, you know for so long people have kind of like been on like from software not having like for being too difficult not having an easy mode um it's an ongoing debate and FromSoft's solve to this is just beautiful just like allowing the player to get out and see uh, the world feels so good to just walk around in and to um explore and to and because there truly does feel like there's something around every corner and at, around every corner not only are you discovering something about the world you know, but you're also like you're growing as a, you don't even realize it. You're getting better at the mechanics, and your numbers are going up. Uh, you know the RPG aspect of it, and people love to watch numbers go up. Um, are there any other like? How did y'all feel? How do you think this game feels to play? Are there any mechanics that like stuck out as being particularly great, particularly annoying? Things that you um, things that you feel like could be better. Like, what are your thoughts on the mechanics of the game? So to start, I think one of my favorite things it does, especially for new players, is that they don't just throw you on a huge map and give you no idea of what you're supposed to do. Um, I love that the map itself grows as you go through the game. And that, yes. um, you know, I rem um, remember thinking, OK, this is it. It's not going to get any bigger. And then all of a sudden I get to the next point and the map I'm on is suddenly a, it doubled in size and I'm going, Oh, okay. Like, that's cool. Like it's, it's big. Um, but it's not going to get bigger. 
And then it got bigger. It just keeps and going. And it kept growing. And then when I finally like, okay, I have the whole map. Then I go underground and realize, oh my God, like this game is massive. Like there, yeah. there is a whole nother map under the map. It's and incredible. I thought it was so slick that they had the map grow with you as you progress through the game. That way, you know, you have that solid foundation of, okay, you know, I'm going to stay in this particular area because I know it. I have it unlocked. I can see where things are, Um, you know, and when I feel like venturing out, I will. Um, I also love that they didn't hold your hand. Like if you walked into a new area, you didn't just get all the highlights of what's in the area. You didn't get any names of any monuments or anything like that. Um, you had to go find the pillars that would then fill in your map. So it felt like you were actually on an adventure and then you found a piece of a map and you drew it in yourself. So you, yes, you know, that way, you know, when you start at, um, what is it called? The first steps, um, which is like aptly named, like you're at the first steps. Um, as you just expanded the map, it just I thought that was such a great uh, mechanic for um, for new players. And even as somebody who had put in considerable amount of time um, with all the other games, I thought this is this is really cool. Like, I really, really like um, that. This is a thing. Yeah, you make a really great point about the way the map expands as you progress. Uh, it. It does such an incredible job of allowing you to stand in awe continually at how big the world is without you feeling completely overwhelmed because of the way that the map expands. So if as a, you know, starting the game, if I walked out and saw the entirety of the map available to me, I don't know if I would have the end 10 years ago. I love it. I would love that. I'd be like, yes, let's go. We're going to find it. But now I just can't do too much open world is too overwhelming to me now. And I just can't spend the time. But it introduced it in such a way that it let me not feel overwhelmed. And still throughout the whole game, you're, you're constantly hitting these milestones of, of being in awe at how massive and beautiful this entire world is like it they did a very good job with that the the bigness of it is awesome i i would say like i think that's maybe one of my smaller criticisms of it is and i i don't even know that i'd call this a criticism but it's like a a trade-off that you get when you have open world is that like the openness of the world does come at a little bit of a cost which is the intimacy of the world sure um like i think part of what I really loved in the soul series is like, you know, like you can talk with someone about the souls games in a way that I don't think you can talk about most other games because most parts of a level don't feel as distinct in any other game. Whereas like with the souls game, you can say, I started at this bonfire and I went here and like people who've played it. If you've got your butt kicked 300 times going down that hallway, you remember it. That's true. Um, And like, because it's an open world, there are definitely like places that feel like, Oh, this is cool. This is unique. This is interesting, but I never spent nearly as long in any of them. Um, and I, and also like 
there's so much just like open fields and rocks and shit in between all of it. Um, it's true. Lots of rocks. Lots yeah, of shit. Which like, for me, more than any other Souls game that I've ever played, I'll have like YouTube on or something while I'm playing <laughs> just because like I get bored going between places. And like, like I said, it's a trade-off because I think that, you know, that's something we lost in that trade over. But I also think like what we get of that really cool world that just keeps growing and growing and growing. And it really is every time the map grows, you're just like, whoa, again, um, yeah, is so cool. And then like like we were saying earlier, the the solution uh, that the open world offers to the road stops that every other Souls game puts in your path, um, you know, it's worth it. Yeah, so one thing, so I want to speak to things, something that you you said, but one thing I wanted to say about the map, too, uh, I, I do want to talk about the open world. Um, some of the stuff you brought up is um, sa- uh, absolutely something salient that I want to talk about. Um, but with the maps in particular, what I love about what I, what, this was actually a huge, like, aha moment for me, I guess. Like, I didn't realize it because I was trying not to use the internet too, too much at first. Eventually, I said, fuck it, and just started using the internet all the time. But uh, when I first started, I was like, I can't, like, I can't, like, the world is so fucking big and there's nothing, I can't find anything. Everyone keeps talking about, like, like mines and keeps talking about catacombs. And then, um, I can't remember who it was. I may have been on stream because I streamed the first few sessions or it may have been, Maybe been someone here. I know it wasn't Q because I think I told the one who told Q this, but maybe been Zach. I don't remember who I found this out from, but someone's like, "Yeah, you gotta actually look at the map." I was like, "Well, yeah, I'm looking at the map. There's nothing there. There's nothing because I'm used to fucking like Far Cry where there's like waypoints and stuff." Um, but what I love about the map is that if you zoom in on the map and you see something like, and by something I mean like hand. I mean I don't know if it's actually hand drawn, but like if you see something drawn on the map, like oh a lump of rocks, and or or like oh this is kind of a weird formation, that is a point of interest. You actually have to look at the map like a explorer or like an adventurer looking at a map. Like it doesn't. Besides the sight of grace, nothing glows and says like oh this is something you should use. Every I, I, if you see like a squiggle on there, you're like, oh, that's a squiggle that doesn't look like other squiggles. I'm gonna go to that squiggle, and then you go to that squiggle, and that squiggle is actually like you know uh, an NPC or like a or or a, or ruins or a tomb or something. Um, I, I'm sure other games have probably done that, but it seems rare. Most games these days are just like you know they their map may look good aesthetically or it may not. Sometimes it's just a blank like thing but then like the only way you know like what's interesting is just like what is glowing on your map but this this game actually makes you feel like an adventurer looking at a map and be like hmm i wonder what that is and then you have to go explore it um which i love i think that's a really cool approach i mean it's the only way i want video games to do maps now basically um i i don't want any more waypoints i i just want like cool looking maps um but Speaking to your um, feeling of the world, feeling like kind of like almost too big and kind of losing that intimacy. I do. That is something I generally feel with open world games in general. I usually don't like open world games. Um, yep. uh, and actually, I feel like it's something that um, it's just inherent to the genre or to the style, to the, um, I guess not genre, um, to the uh, uh, style of game of open world. Um, um, I feel like Elden Ring does a better game than most of putting something of interest if you ride for a certain... So I actually saw... I, I don't want to... I'm sorry, I don't know the cre- content creator off the top of my head. Um, kudos to them. Um, I'm sorry. I I'm rip- I, I watched, read or watched something about this. Um, 
it's a it's a game design thing to where like developers try or people who do open worlds really really well try to put something of interest in any circle that's like a five minute or a however many minute ride from any given point so if you look at a map i'm making hands gestures which is not going to work on a podcast but like if you put a character anywhere in the map within a three minute or however many minute i can't remember what the the um metrics were within a certain concert like three minute circle there's something of interest in there and i felt like Elden Ring did that really well. I actually feel like it did it better than Breath of the Wild, which Elden Ring draws a lot of. I love. I personally mm-hmm. love Breath of the Wild, but the world felt a lot more full than Breath of the Wild in terms of finding stuff to do and points of interest. I do agree with you though that it does feel not as intimate. Like nothing is like has that intimacy of like Firelink Shrine or uh, where like. You, you never get a sense of like, oh, I'm home or like, oh, I know, like, I know the way from Firelink Shrine to Undead Burg, like the back of my hand. Or I know the way to the catacombs from um, Firelink Shrine, like the back of my hand. You, you As Rob was kind of saying, you do kind of m- lose that with yeah. the scope of this game. Um, yeah, like when Zach mentioned the fishing village in Bloodborne earlier, like I instantly had yeah. visions of the fishing village like flood into my brain and I don't think I'm going to have the same thing with Elden Ring. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the legacy dun- dungeons tr- do that to some extent, like Lucaria, um, uh, the Raya, Luc- Raya, uh, Lucaria Academy. Hold on, I'm going to. Yeah, Raya up. Lucaria Academy. Thank yeah. you. That. Um, or like Storm or Stormvale Castle or Hallig Tree. They, they do have these like legacy dungeons, which is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which you kind of get that feeling for, but they're a relatively small percentage of the game entirely. So the game as a whole, you kind of get this feeling of like being not as like densely packed. Um, but I would still say more densely packed than a lot of open world games. It's, for sure. Yeah. Which another shout out again. I love Breath of the Wild. I do. I don't. This is not a podcast. This episode is not about Breath of the Wild. We will have if this if we continue doing this, we will have a Breath of the Wild episode. But the comparisons are kind of like. Because before Elden Ring, Breath of the Wild was the king, I feel like, of like, this is how you do exploration open world games. And I feel like Elden Ring has taken that design and done different things with it. But um, one thing that I really, really did not enjoy about Breath of the Wild that Elden Ring just proves that you can do is I was I, I did not like the approach of spreading out Zelda dungeons in tiny like little like pockets like the little challenge dungeon things that they had in um, Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. And I, what I love about Elden Ring is it has its cake and eats it too. So you get like that experience of like oh a mine or oh a catacomb. It's like a little mini dungeon. But then you still have these massive, absolutely from soft dungeons of the Raya Lucaria Academy. You know the the Hallig Tree, the Storm Vale, the uh, Castle Morn kind of. Um, they just they do it. They, they they do both. They're like hold my beer, Breath of the Wild. This is how you know like, they don't sacrifice what they're what people love about FromSoft to do this open world. They're like that they, they do both, and I think that was a huge achievement. So yeah, any other thoughts about like the open worldness of the game or the exploration aspects of the game? Because um, I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about uh, the the actual like fighting and stuff uh, sure. and the bosses. Um, but if anyone has any other thoughts about open world or maps or anything like that, we want to discuss. Yeah, so I know like one of the biggest criticisms a lot of people that are new to the genre have are um, like they want a quest log. Like, you know, like, oh, you know, I don't yeah. remember who I talked to. I don't remember... 
Um, I don't remember this. I don't remember that. And I think there's some validity there um, in this game. And I know I've seen like a lot of different discussions that propose like, well, what's a solution that maintains the spirit of the game? And there's a mechanic in the game that you may have missed because it's it's right at the start. And I kind of oh. wonder why they only ever do it once. Um, and it was like the perfect solution where everybody would be happy is that when you get to the first step and you walk out, the first NPC you talk to is a dude named Vare. Yeah, I remember And that. Um, you talk to him. And he basically tells you like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. You know, he goes off on a tangent about, um, you know, not having a maiden, whatnot. Um, but if yeah, you go back to you go back you to um, if you go back to a spot later, he leaves a note and says, hey, you know, there's you know, come come find me. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what the exact wording is. But oh, it's my like, gosh. Um, he leaves a note that says, come find me at um, like it's kind of um, kind of vague, but he's like. Um, you know, he's like, come find me at this church. Um, and the church is in Liernia. Um, and he just, he leaves a note and you can go find him there and you can continue, um, the quest chain, uh, from there. And I was just always kind of curious, like, why did you abandon this? Because I did every quest in the game and there were so many times where it would be like, if I was doing like the Alexander, the, uh, jar warrior quest, um, mm-hmm. oh, being like, so, so you know, like, oh, I have to go here, but he's not there. OK. And it was just like working through a guide, just like go start from the beginning, go to every spot he could be. And it's like, all you had to do is leave a note. Like if you would, you know, leave a note. like, And that would that solves so many problems. Um, but I think like that's probably my biggest criticism of the game is that um, especially if you're focusing on doing the quest lines, it's just that they're really convoluted um and esoteric yes absolutely and i don't mind it but like give me something to work off of that doesn't require like data mining yeah <laughs> yeah well in a spirit because i had like quests where i would do them and like i'd accidentally click past a line of dialogue or something yeah and then you're and you can't get it back and so yep. then i just like had i had no choice but to go and look up a guide at that point you know, like it would have been cool to figure it out from the the dialogue clue that you gave me, but I don't have any way to get back to that dialogue clue. Yeah, no, that's always been. Um, so I didn't realize that about Vare, or uh, that's that's holy shit. You're right. Like that should have been like the the system the whole time. I guess he's the only one who's like figured out post-it note technology in the lands between because, like, yeah, that that's such an obvious fix sitting right there that they've already used. Yeah, but yeah, and that's something that FromSoft games have always done. Like, I'm always really bad about doing the side quests. Um, not for lack of interest, but I just a lot of times I don't even realize a side quest has been put in front of me. They'll just mention, yeah, like how you were saying, they'll just mention something in the dialogue, like, "Oh, I need you to go to the blood tree and retrieve the fruit," or, or, or they won't they won't even be that, that direct about it. They'll be like, "I used to go to the blood tree and eat blood fruits," and then you're like, "Okay." <laughs> that's like you don't realize that that was a quest and then like maybe you skip past that dialogue and i feel like it's not as frustrating when the world is a lot tighter knit where it's like you're gonna run into this character again like oh hey i remember you i, I don't remember what we talked about but I, I remember your face i remember your your onion knight armor hi and then you realize like oh I, you, I, a lot of times in these games i'll realize like halfway through like oh i guess i'm in the middle of one of their quests like oh um whereas this game it's like they'll 
they'll come up, they'll say something weird to you, like, like, oh, like, I used to be a knight of Kurtarkata, and then, like, you'll have to remember that, and then, like, you won't see him again for 20 hours, <laughs> and then, like, 20 hours later, you'll be like, I'm sorry, who are you? Uh, yeah, so I feel like some kind of quest log, or the, the solution that Zach pointed out would have been... Because, I mean, the, it took a me more. 100 hours to platinum the game, something like that, um, with all my various playthroughs, different builds I was trying. And it's like, I'm not going to remember everything. It took me 100 hours Hold to on. get the game once. 100 hours? <laughs> yeah, I think I hit 140 hours to get to the end. <laughs> Zach is preternaturally good at these games, I will say. Like, he talked about just recently discovering them. I, I guess I don't know if you're good at video games in general. I know Q's also pretty good at, like, he's picks up games pretty quickly but zach is so good at FromSoft games like he is i don't know if he's like elite professional speedrunner tier but in terms of like layman playing the game he's like one of the best i've seen um he's in he has a talent for these games 100 hours for platinum is still pretty incredible i, I that's i feel like just the amount of traversal you have to do that, that, that well here's possible. a litmus but, test zach can you beat the game with a banana with a banana that's true like playing as a yeah. with a banana as a controller yeah yes no then get get fucking good no. why are you even on this get out of here get all off right this, get off this get off this call the headset's coming off see y'all later yeah okay what if yeah. you don't use the banana as a controller you like cut the banana halves in half and put one over each finger and you just have banana hands can Ooh. you do that oh banana finger method any percent banana speed run you might have just invented something rob yeah wow that's a i look forward to there. seeing this uh on stream i think rob just invented a new kink <laughs> i don't think he invented a new style <laughs> of uh speed run um while we're still talking about exploration i think so you guys have made great points but also you're making points coming from someone who is paying attention to what's happening and making <laughs> mental notes and can remember Let's go from my perspective, who not only just started running and screaming with my sword in the air the moment I hit the ground. Um, <laughs> the way but Miyazaki intended. Even if I was paying a little bit more into, uh, attention and taking my time a little bit more like I would have um, years ago if I were to play this, I would still not remember almost every single person I interacted with, where I interacted with them, what they said and what they wanted to where when it came time for me to, I accidentally finished some quests where I was like, oh, cool, that's interesting. <laughs> Didn't know I was on a quest. And then when it came time to intentionally, I was like, I need to try to get to the end of this quest line. So let's, I, I think the first time I did that was maybe with Ronnie. Um, yeah, everyone got I knew Ronnie. what was going on and I started doing it and then immediately was looking around like, what, where do I go now? What's hap what, what has happened? I have no idea where I'm supposed to proceed next. And then so I was forced to, I looked up a guide on like how to get through Ronnie's thing. And it was so wildly convoluted to me. I have no idea how anybody figured out how to get through some of these quest lines because it was just very, it was very confusing. And that... And then put that into perspective of someone who just can't remember things very well or was not paying attention. It's it's darn near impossible to do some of these quests. So they, they could do a little bit better on you don't have to break the immersion of the game. But there are some systems you could put in at least make I don't know, may, maybe marking the map a little more 
understandable, like write tags or notes, because sometimes the map is so vast. There are like generic dungeons that I ran away from because I was too weak. And by the time I hit late game, <laughs> I have no possible. There is no shot. I will remember which dungeon I didn't beat a boss in because it was well, there is a way so to mark much. the map. You've got the one, two, three, four little dots. That the, you want something that like pops I, out that like I'm not going to remember what those and I so often I accidentally click those dots where I'll spend an hour like yeah. trying to track down where is this little mother effer <laughs> and then I'll realize like oh it's underground that's why I can't find the stupid thing and it's been 30 minutes well and the dots and, and well in the little markers you make not the so there's the glowy dots dots you can make which you can only make five of them and then they start deleting your old ones which is like it's like I know I had a marker for that thing. oh <laughs> fuck it, it got deleted but the little circles you can make the little like stamps the little like little quarters that you can put on like a like a like a map of american quarters you know like they had as a kid you can make little quarters on the places but the problem is is when you when you're like okay i remember there was a dungeon somewhere that i didn't do where was that boss and then you're looking at the map those quarters are tiny like they're like little like uh, I, i feel like i kept making like okay i'm gonna make a note of this i'm gonna put a little i'm gonna put my little stamp here like and then and then i would go back later and be like well never gonna find that again um <laughs> but you know these, these are quibbles ultimately because they I, I feel like they still handle exploration better than almost any uh open world game mm-hmm. i've played i, I mm-hmm. but i also don't i don't like open world games but the fact that they made me obsess over an open world game is a feat in and of itself because it's not a genre i tend to gravitate towards yeah i yeah it in no way uh, these are these are more of pet peeves and small things because it in no way impacted the entirety of the game we're getting through it yeah yeah because the main quest is signposted really well like you can run through screaming with your sword over your head just following the sights of grace i mean you'll have a hard time because you won't level up as fast but it can be done um so they, they were cognizant in that point i actually didn't know what the main quest was at any point i just realized i was progressing when i was killing things I have no idea. I have no idea so, how to follow the, the main quest. Of grace line. point towards the objective. Okay. No, those lie. They would point in every different direction they in different parts of the map. I didn't follow those once because they, they made no sense. And like I get which I like I have no idea what I'm why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like a lady sat That's... by my campfire and was like, "Hey, do this thing," or like I ran into a cool blue lady with four arms and she said, "Hey, you want to help me out?" And I was like, "Sure," you know. And sure, baby. That's like about you know. I put a ring on her finger and I think we're married now. So if y'all want to send me a marriage gift, that would be cool. We're not having a big wedding or anything, but like, yeah, we'll just like, send me your registry. Like I don't understand what the implication of having done the Ronnie questline is. I don't even understand what the implication of like what all the runes are which is part of the appeal for me in the souls games is there they leave you something to wonder about but they also leave you mystified and confused (laughs) so there was um with the ronnie ending um it actually was mistranslated yes i read this um Mm -hmm. so it was more vague than it needed to be um and uh I forget exactly what the context is, but like the actual translation um, is more positive. And it seems like the implication is that like you're bringing out an age of knowledge over power, 
but like yeah like you're basically doing away with the gods and we're going to make our own way yeah kind of the what i remember because it was mistranslated and the the mistranslated final version is weird as fuck it's like this like like i i i don't know if i've married into crazy i don't know like, like what what are, okay all right we're just going to the moon i guess i don't know what that means bye but yeah the original one was a lot more i think clear um the the, the actual japanese it's a lot more clear that like she's leading i think in an age of tarnished or, or essentially doing away with the gods um the good ending i guess you might say yeah the intention is that it's supposed to be a good ending yeah um so i guess they kind of we kind of already kind of talked about it do y'all get so i spend a sad amount of time watching videos on elden ring lore and Same. on like uh yeah I, I and on um and on from soft lore games in general um and i still don't understand all the lore <laughs> like i feel like this game FromSoft is known for it's like byzantine incredibly difficult to grok story and this game takes the fucking cake i feel like like uh, vadi vidya the king of like of of of, Soul, of souls game lore and, uh, and other uh, other lore people are have kind of like commented on that this game is particularly difficult to grok um but I find myself addicted to it all the, all the same. Um, do y'all take your time with the lore? Do you feel like it enhanced your experience? Or I mean, I guess Q just kind of runs through the game. I always have until I played this game. And I think that's just an issue of me getting older and not having the attention span. And way back when, I, I mean, I've spent thousands of hours on Skyrim just crawling around and reading all the books. People. And I did that with Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls and 3. It just didn't take the time on this one. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I mean it's, I mean it's an investment, which is no fault of the game. It, there was nothing uninteresting about it, or it the game. There was nothing in the game that made me change the way I approached it. It was just the way I live my life now is different than it was before. So I yeah. just didn't dig in as much. We're old and decrepit. We don't have time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I poured over it like a lunatic. Like you can ask my girlfriend. Like she was just like, oh, I guess we're in a relationship with Elden Ring now. Yeah, like a Dan Brown novel, like you're like searching for the Illuminati, putting some oh, yeah. together. But I mean, like I was going so far as to like finding out like what like because mistranslations have always been a thing. Um, like there's mm -hmm. a there's like another one like the localization team just they they should probably get a reprimand because there were there was a Sekiro reference that was cut. Oh, um, just by the localization team. One. So like. Um, if you fought uh, to get the um, Rivers of Blood, if you did that duel to get the Rivers of Blood uh, katana, um, there's a uh, the, if you get Okina's mask uh, in in Japanese, it basically says that uh, um, he's from Ashina, which is in oh, Sekiro, yeah. but that didn't make it into the English version. Huh? Crazy! I did not know that. So, Rob, do do you? Yeah, I, so it sounds like Zach and I are obsessed uh, with the lore. I still don't understand it. I just watch it. I just watch it. I watch the videos and just information washes over me and it feels pleasant, but then I don't remember. I don't grok any of it. Do, do you pay attention to the lore in these games or do you kind of like? Very rarely. I have with some of the older Souls games like watched videos, but it's the same deal for me. It just washes over me. I am a person, though, who really likes mystery. Um, Marie... 
if you, re- if you remember like when you were a kid, that book where the wild things yeah. are, Maurice Sendak wrote that. And I watched a documentary on him a while back and he kind of talks to the power of enigmas and mysteries yeah. where like you give someone something that's more than they're able to to like understand and how that can actually be more valuable than something that you do understand. And that's something that I've grown to just like really appreciate in the soul series is like, I don't understand the plots of any of them. I love them. Um, I am intrigued by them and I like to sit and think about like, why did I do that thing that I did? Um, but at the same time, like, I don't know, and I guess I'm okay with it being a mystery and even kind of like that it's a mystery. So, like, you know, even when I say, like, it's confusing and I don't know what I did, um, I don't mind that because that gives me something that, like, can just sit there in my head and, yeah, you know, I have something to chew on, and I like that. Yeah, the mystery and the lack of knowing is from Soft's M.O., um, <laughs> and yeah no it's great like yeah it, it's the re it's part of the re everything about this game is designed to make you just frustrated enough to want more um the, the yeah. lore the, the exploration the combat everything is just like i just need a little more and then i'll be satisfied then i'll be okay <laughs> and um they just keep they keep you in it um i do want to do a shout out for this the unmitigated courage the balls of this game, I guess. So there is a character that you may or may not remember, uh, named the, uh, dung eater, um, (laughs) which is just, first of all, okay. I have a whole thing. Okay. So it had to either be, so I'm sure there's like a writing team for this game. It had to either be George R. R. Martin, the sick. The oh, sick. you know that was George's it creation. It had to be, or or maybe Miyazaki himself, because no other writer. Can you imagine a writer approaching Miyazaki and be like, you know, sir, like we we put on the we put a pot of coffee on last night and burned the midnight oil, and we think we came up with a great character. Uh, this, okay, sit. Are you ready? Sit down for this. His whole thing is he he eats Dookie. And then, like, Miyazaki being like, yes, mm-hmm, 100%. And then, and, like, putting his stamp. Like, so it had to come from George R.R. R. Martin or Miyazaki, and no one was, everyone was afraid to tell them no. <laughs> like, um, so there's this character. His whole thing is he eats Dookie and he defiles people. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, no, you're a genius. That's great. <laughs> um, uh, I, I love it so much. And here's the other thing. So I feel like if most games had a weird concept character like that, they would hide they, they would they would they would hide their hand a little bit right like maybe you've been playing the game for like 15 hours or so and it's like okay look player alan in my case player look we're gonna bring you a weird character now okay like you you know the game you know we're a good game you trust us here's this guy he likes to eat dookie but FromSoft didn't do that they gave in the first two minutes they gave the dung eater top billing with this like, like he's one of the first characters mentioned in like in this like dramatic orchestral score like the loathsome dung eater which i feel like no other game would do that like he, like it's just incredible the amount of like courage and the amount of like i mean i don't know I, courage is a really strong word but just they just don't give a shit they're just like no pun intended like they, they gave dung eater top billing in this game and i find that like 
absolutely amazing <laughs> that he's one of the first characters that you're it is mentioned like it's like gideon the all-knowing and then the loathsome dung eater <laughs> like, like in the same sentence in the same level it's, it's great that's just something the only from soft could do it's i love it um i think it speaks to to like the trust that they've developed in their audience yeah. that like if another game did that, you might go, oh, right, <laughs> yeah, okay, no y'all get it together. But, like, they do it, and you're like, oh, okay, there's going to be some shit here. Yeah, I need to know, um, I need to know more. No pun intended again. Yeah, I, um, I need to know more about this Dung Eater fellow. He seems important. Like, So, yeah, I, the, the thing about the Dung Eater, though, is that the lore on the Dung Eater itself, you could do an entire podcast on. Because yeah. it's it's not at face value. He doesn't actually eat shit. No, I know, but like they they don't t- Do you know why they call him the dung eater? I know, well, I think it's because of the way he defiles corpses. Which but you do you know what he does? I think he eats them from the other side. I am I don't know. I I, I think he gets up in their butt somehow. I think that's got to be He eats ass. He eats ass. He pulls their souls out of their ass and eats them. What? Yeah. No. Straight up. Really? Yeah, he pulls their soul out. They could have called him the soul eater. They could have called him the defiler, but they they called him the like the the lore with him is deep. Like what he's doing is like I mean it's wild. Like a lot of people look at like the armor design, like oh he's the dung eater. He's about pestilence and plague. He's covered in boils. He's not. Those are broken off horns. They're horns for the omen. Yeah, because that's what he's all about is um, like the omen curse. Like his whole thing is he just wants to curse everybody. Yeah, and it's incredible that they um, that they hide this like super deep esoteric lore behind a character called the Dung Eater. Yeah, like Rob was saying, like they've developed such a trust with their their audience that's like, all right, from I I. You, I, I, you take me wherever you want. You take me into Dung Eater bo- like land. I, I, that's great. I'm on board. Um, and then and then it pays off because if you pay attention, he's incredibly rich backstory and speaks to the, like the lore of the world. It's incredible. Um, yeah, yeah. I think um, big big shout out and thank you to George R. R. Martin for putting so much time and resources into Elden Ring instead of finishing his fucking books. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, dude. As someone who doesn't read the books, I mean that unironically. Thank you. Did you notice that every major character's uh, first name started with a G, an R, or an M? Yes, so fucking... I mean, I get it. I get it, Georgie. But again, for those of us who try to keep this shit straight... Ugh, so annoying. But yes, no, I did. And specifically God, right? Like Godric, Godwin, Godfrey, God... God, God, is there any more? Is that all of them? I think that's all of them. Oh, there's like Godfrey, Godric, Ranala, Radagon, Merica. Like the four main demigods are Godfrey, Ranala, Radagon, and Merica. G R R M. Oh my gosh! Fucking A! George- oh my gosh! No, I did not realize this. Uh, no one else. This is. God dang it, George R. R. Martin. It's like, you know, uh, Homer Simpson has... Bastard. Uh, yeah, the fucking bastard. You know, uh, Homer Simpson has Matt Gring's signature in his hair? Like, every time you see Homer Simpson, it's actually, like, the creator's signatures, like, on him. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. There you go. But it's warranted, I guess. I mean, I can't be mad. Um, I mean, like, I, I kind of feel like 
at this point, I feel like Elden Ring is something that will have a longer lasting cultural legacy than Game of Thrones. I could be wrong. You're right on the money. Like, 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 like I think, yeah, if I was going to pick something to put my name on, it would be Elden Ring. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, because George is going to die before he finishes his stupid books. And that's he he's doing this intentionally. Sorry, this isn't a George rant. No, go ahead. We're not going to talk go about ahead. him this is much, a safe space. but I have a lot of opinions about him. You can be, you can trash um, his name. I can edit but it. But he out. is, if you base the way that, the way that he writes his books and the way his mind works, he is, he is so enveloped in his own fantasy that he truly views himself as the ultimate arch villain, and his <laughs> his readers and his fans are his victims and the 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 pestilent, uh, flotsam in the world, and he is specifically not finishing his books to punish us and torture us and he's spending every resource doing everything else that he possibly can because he's getting some sick satisfaction out of it and game of thrones the one of the greatest pieces of fiction ever written that ever will be will die and be forgotten because he won't finish his fucking story wow i'm very upset about it (laughs) damn oh my gosh um yeah, so the lore I feel like has been I, I I I like the lore. It's really it's particularly hard to understand. Um, but you know that's kind of what you're signing up for. Um, when you uh when you do when you do a FromSoft game. So other mechanics. Uh, the, I th- so the fighting in this game. Um, I I so okay. First of all, wait hold on before we start about the fighting. I'm going to use this as my platform to put one of my pet peeves about all FromSoft games. And if Miyazaki ever hears this somehow, um, please listen to me. I very strongly believe, and I feel like I don't, I mean, I'm sure people talk about it. And I just haven't watched the right videos or read the right articles. FromSoft needs to stop putting platforming in their fucking games. <laughs> I hate from because they are not difficult in the way that like a good mario game is difficult they are just annoying i have this headcanon that miyazaki has actually been trying to make the perfect platformer his whole life but he keeps accidentally making the best action adventure games so like every time like a game comes out he's like you know he gets his little his assistant comes out and be like sir it's a huge hit we'd love it and he's like do they like the platforming is the platforming good do, do, do they love it? Like I want, I just trying to make a good platform. I'm trying to be the next Mario and the assistance is the assistant is like, yeah, you know, they, they love the platforming, <laughs> sir. That's what everyone's talking about. And he's like, Oh good. Then I'm not going to stop putting it in. Um, because the, one of the most frustrating parts of this game, um, I don't know if y'all, I, Zach obviously did. He platinumed it, but the Lord of frenzy, um, quest line has a platforming section where you have to like, jump essentially from toothpick to toothpick down a death pit and i spent like i I, i'm pretty good at platformers i beat platformers i'm I'm not i'm not i'm not the best gamer in the world i spent probably like an hour and a half trying to jump from the right toothpick to the right toothpick down this grave so i could get naked and get grabbed by a flaming hand none of that is actually like is 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 hyperbole nope this is all happened Yeah, um, if you haven't done the Frenzy Flames questline, it's it's a it's a hoot. Um, but yeah, and I and I played Dark Souls again immediately after this. Um, and the platforming just consistently is annoying. Like like it's not difficult. Like ah, I've mastered it. It's difficult. Like 
it's just badly made. And I know they can do it because Sekiro has great platforming. So I know that they're able to. I know that they're intentional. I think of in Dark Souls, where is it? The infamous Dark Town? Blight Town. Which Blight is Town. like. He, Blight Town. Oh my gosh. It was so expansive that the, it was notorious for almost crashing your game. It was so laggy yeah. because of how deep that freaking switchback went all the way down for like a mile. Yeah. That was, yeah. And, and like, it's just, it's just like intentionally annoying. And so, hey, Miyazaki, if you're listening, stop it. Stop it. Like, you made, you have a great, amazing game series. We don't need your platforming. Let Leave that to Miyamoto. Leave that to the, other, the people who are good at it. Or bring Sekiro level quality platforming to every game you make. Stop, stop it. That's my rant. Sorry. Anyway. The rest of the the rest of the mechanics of the game. Uh, uh, so okay, the rest of the game uh, mechanics um, was was parrying as big in the. I didn't delve too much into it. I kind of started to play around with it in the beginning, and something about it was frustrating to me that was different. So I I went another route. But parrying was so huge in the previous games, and I loved it. It. Did I just move on too quickly, or was that less of a factor in this one? With, like, a small buckler, and I'm not talking about this new parry mechanic that you could just cheese every mob with, but the classic hit it the, the second you get struck type of parry. I feel like the I, the box, the hitboxes are different. I feel like I've read something about that, that been, them being a lot. I think they're different from game to game. I, I typically don't parry. I'm a dodgy boy. I like to, I like to, I like to dodge around and, and, and do flips and uh, roll my way through life. Um, so I did occasionally use the shield parry, which I think is a wonderful mechanic. And um, yeah, I, I um, but I don't know. Did Zach, did you ever do, or, or Rob, did either of you do like really very many parry heavy builds or dial, dive into that I'm very much? also a dodge person. I, tend to go like pretty glass cannony so like i'm not looking to take a hit or trying to parry one um and yeah like like i just i'm very bad at the timing for that so like bloodborne that's one of the main mechanics and i think i successfully parried maybe one time in my entire Bloodborne. Oh, i feel like bloodborne's parry um, window has to be more forgiving because i did parry in bloodborne uh but every soul game i'm like nope mm-mm. but um See, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. The parry system in the Souls games. They were just just running around with a small buckler or just two daggers or a buckler and a dagger and parry backstab was just so much fun for me. Um but I I did not really mess with it in this one. Yeah, I never really use shields at all unless it's like the grass crest oh, shield yeah. for um for like a stamina boost um so i can't speak to it at all like i my first run through all the souls games is a pure strength build and yep i just do the berserk run uh i use big ass sword and i just beat everything into submission nice yeah now i always do a dexy dodgy build so i can't really speak to the parrying um but i've heard that i i tried it a couple times and it was seemed a lot more because i i i tried it in dark souls one immediately after a couple times i still did a dex build but um it was a but it, it seemed a lot more intuitive there i feel like the I, I feel like the frames are different like you have to do it earlier than you think or later than you think um but um i think i actually remember reading online people being frustrated with the um pairing in this game um so the combat in general um 
I feel okay. Here's where some critiques start really coming in. So the game has been like heavily has been maligned for reusing a lot of bosses, um, which I feel like when you're making a game of this scope, you have to kind of have a little bit of leeway. Um, it is frustrating to get into the end of a catacomb. It's like, oh, this guy again. Um, but one thing that I do think is pretty pretty annoying is when they do these duo boss fights with two bosses that have not been made to be duo fought together. Like FromSoft really has generally perfected doing duo boss fights. Like obviously Ornstein and Smirsh, um is like the the classic one, but every game has them. The dual gargoyles, the man eaters. Did you call Smoosh? Smaug. Yeah, Smock. Yeah, that's, what I, that's why I said. Um, uh, uh, every game has them, and they're clearly designed to where like one's fast, one's slow. One does AOE, one does gets in your face. One does what like the, the, there's this, this given one flies, one's on the ground. Like there's these give and take of like they are custom made to be dual boss fights. Um, and in this one, like I remember fighting the Crucible Knight and the uh, Misbegotten and Kaled. And it's like, these two are clearly not made to be fought with each other. Like, these two are, like, clearly, like, like their moveset do not complement each other. They're just annoying. Yeah, or those stupid dungeon cats when they started doubling and tripling them up. <laughs> they're definitely they dogs. basically the same. But, yeah. <laughs> they say watchdog in the title. My, my cat looks just like one of them, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's made of stone. <laughs> Robotic. Yeah, like, one of the hardest boss fights for me was that like double gargoyle fight where there's like two of them and I like I only beat it because I got lucky and the AI kind of like pooped itself a little bit <laughs> just let me beat it um, yeah and it's it's um because I mean that fight in particular I believe one of them has an like an untelegraphed AOE poison attack and you can't see it while you're whacking the other one um and and so I just feel like I, I'm very obviously sympathetic to i mean i am not a game designer i'm i you know I, i'm not i'm i'm I, I think people who critique games or critique art in general just need to you know understand how difficult it is but coming from the FromSoft tradition of having these expertly crafted dual boss fights where like you feel so awesome because you're taking on two of these like f difficult but fair fights to coming to this where it's like, I don't know, just throw two of these, I just throw two of them in there and see what happens. <laughs> like, and like, yeah. Or like, did you, get, did you guys fight the triple crystal boss? Like with the three, I mean, obviously probably Zach did, but did you guys get to the cave where there's three of the skinny crystal dudes? And yeah. And infuriating. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I feel like they kind of dropped the ball there a little bit. I don't mind them recycling bosses just because of the scope of the content, but when it kind of gets to, a, to feel at some point, like, like, I don't know, I, what, what are we going to put in this, this, dungeon it's at the end and it's hard and we're out of new new bosses i don't know just put two bosses in there that were just fuck it like um it's kind of what it feels like sometimes um uh but i mean again small qualm because i mean generally the boss fights here are generally fun um by and large i would say like for me though i'm trying to think like where did i really struggle and I think the the biggest roadblock for me um, was when you fight the two gargoyles by the waterfall. Like, yeah, that's what Rob yep. was talking about. Yeah, like that that was yep. probably the hardest thing for me to do. Um, other than that, I thought most of the bosses were pretty balanced. Especially like I know a lot of people were talking about like struggling with like the godskin duo, and I was just like, it really wasn't that bad. Yeah. Man, I, I, well, we can't all just be golden gods like you, Zach. You're so good. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, but th that does speak that does speak to that some people probably didn't have too hard of a time. I mean, the, the the game makes it possible for people who aren't super great at them to get through, but like, you know, I, I think it appeals to like every skill level, which is nice. Um, I think that's why it's I, I just um, love yeah. such like such a great streaming game is that everybody's adventure is completely different. Yeah, it is. Um, so another aspect about the boss thing that I, okay, maybe it's just me being nitpicky again. I mean, we're trying, you know, I'm trying to emphasize with the good and the bad, the things I love, things I didn't love. Um, again, going from that game to Dark Souls 1 immediately, um, the timing of the bosses in the boss, like, move. I feel like they had to do this because they realized people are just getting their games and they're getting better and better at them. So they have to keep essentially upping the ante. But so many bosses in this game have one just combos that don't quit forever and but that's fine i can deal with that i can dodge i can learn to like i i can I, for me I, I can step away kind of wait for my moment to jump in like that part didn't bother me as much what bothered me is every single boss even if it doesn't fit their like lore has these anime hang times where like they like it's hard to get into a rhythm, I feel like, for me, um, because so many of them will, like, hang in the air for, like, four seconds and then, or, and then like, wind up and then, like, immediately jump at you. Or they will have these, like, uh, wind-ups if they have, like, a big boy sword where, like, they, it takes them, like, four seconds to do one swing and then the next swing will be, like, like immediate. And and, and it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of, like, a nitpicky kind of, like, qualm. But when I went to Dark Souls immediately afterwards, and I haven't played through all the other ones again yet. And also, I would say I actually played Bloodborne recently before that. Um, they didn't have that. Like, movement felt really natural with most of the bosses. Unless you had someone that was, like, like the dancer of the Boreal Valley, I remember, is, like, really weird and, like, doesn't move very naturally. Like, if they didn't move naturally, it was part of their lore, a part of their thing. Like, it was, like, part of their shtick. And, um, but every from every game, every boss in here has moves where it's, like... That's not how bones move. <laughs> it's like, like that's like it's cool looking. It looks really flashy. I think this game has some of the best looking boss fights in FromSoft history. Um, but I found some of the timing to be kind of difficult to master. Did did y'all feel similarly, or am I crazy? No, but I think it was deliberate. Uh, I think that they went mm -hmm. in with the mindset of uh, like Dark Souls one through three. They follow a formula everything's somewhat predictable and i think they were really playing off of everybody having about a decade of experience with those games yeah. coming into it and then they decided well what if we just delay it what'll happen and yeah you know so i think that like while it may make like the combat look a little more unrealistic even though you know it's a dark fantasy game i think it was deliberately done as just a means for like Miyazaki to mess with players, like where you're trying to go into old habits and you have to relearn a whole new system. Yeah. It does force you to pay complete attention to the boss. Cause you can't just, you can't rely on reflexes like, Oh, he's swinging. Well, like, cause you know, um, so I guess there's something to be said for that, but the, the, the boss that I noticed it the most. And I was like, come on was, um, there was, it's one move. Not by Melania, which is probably like what well, we can talk about her if we want in a minute. Um, but uh, Godfrey, God, Godfrey, the uh, the wrestler, the one who goes Hulkamania on you at the end. Sorry, Rob, spoilers. Um, um, oh, you're good. I've seen other people play yeah, the. Uh, I loved so that fine. fight so much. 
I, it's it's badass. I love the character. I love he's like you know like you your might is uh, befits that a crown. fight was so unexpected when he Ghost. when he pulled his bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I like my jaw hit hit my desk. I was like what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I was so pumped and excited about it because it was so different and I was not seeing that coming. It was well, fun. It's like yeah, every, when he rips off his tank top. Yeah, everybody. On you. Well, like everybody says, oh Melania, that's the anime fight. I'm like, no, it isn't. Yeah, um, but there's a move where he's coming up to grab you, and he j- like he has leapt in the air, and he just like hangs for a minute before he tackles you. And like I, for the life, and then this game, this boss is even considered one of the harder bosses. Um, also, I didn't realize you could jump over his AOE, which would have made it a lot easier. I kept trying to roll through it anyway. Um, and it's like that's I because I, I, the fight felt so grounded, except for that one move where he does like an anime hang time before he like before he dive bombs you. And um, I mean, I, other people probably did not have trouble with that move. It's probably just me. But I like oh nothing induced game the two that and the platforming were the two things that induced full on gamer rage in me. Where like I was like I had to like okay don't throw your controller like take a breath. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I, but you know, I, as to Zach's point, it's just kind of them like realizing, yeah, people get the formula, so you know we have to kind of mix it up. Um, it's like, how do you keep it fresh across you know a decade of games? It's like, well, we're just gonna delay the timing and we're gonna watch everybody yeah. rage, and it works. And I raged, I raged against that against the night. It was rough. <laughs> um, and then obviously there's, I mean, I feel like this has been talked about to death, but Melania's waterfowl dance is like just the pits <laughs> it was just that move alone is uh that's the move that broke q i guess he kind of got over it and just like didn't do it but i i like i had to summon my mimic summon my mimic tier which is um to to beat him which love the mimic tier i try not to use him very much because he's so overpowered which all the critiques of the gameplay kind of come back to like it kind of seems like they balanced it around having a spirit summon most of the time um yeah especially the du- dual boss fight critique um which i didn't realize until i got to what's her name melania yeah the the super bullshit boss i didn't realize until i got to her that you can upgrade your mimic your your summons oh, oh sweet no. summer child so i was i was like man my summons are so weak but i love these boys and i kept using them but they were pathetic and when i finally reached that point at the end game i was like oh i can make them stronger <laughs> so i I went ham and it was it was game changing. Um, yeah, the the mimic tier. I I I've stopped using him entirely, pretty much, except for I used him for Melania, um, and I actually used him for the Elden Beast because I didn't have my horse and I was like so fucking far. Away. Anyway, we can. Um, but Rob, the uh, the jo- the boss you're at is what made me stop using the mimic tier because I like. I, I got my mimic tier was I leveled him up to level ten and he was so strong I, I was just I would just like release him like my Pokemon and I'd be like go my son like oh yeah I, like, I would just like cheer him on and, like come in there and, like whack and, like hit him once and then like back up and like and like whenever like he would get hurt I'd be like don't you touch my son and then I realized that I'm not actually playing the game anymore <laughs> so I stopped using him entirely yeah. it's um, not um it's yeah, not as bad. <laughs> You know, they definitely nerfed it, but like in the original run of the game, like before any patching, it was as strong as you are. 
Yeah, it was. I, f- I still feel like even after they patched him, he was as strong as I was. All I'd have to do is like when he was getting his ass handed to him, I just go like poke the boss and then like draw aggro for just a little bit. And be like, it's okay, little guy. I'll take a hit or two. And then like and then like he'd be like, all right, I'm ready. I'm back up. Let's go. Like, and then yeah. Um, and there's also all these like uh, exploits you can do where you can like summon him with a certain build. And then, like, he'll only do, like, one or two moves that are, like, super damaging, and then you can take that off, and then you can make yourself, yeah. Um, The Mimic tier is essentially a hidden easy mode, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Oh, for sure. Yeah, and it seems like the game was kind of balanced around using summons in general, um, because so many bosses are just so much easier if they draw aggro, because their combos are so long, because there's two of them or whatever. Um, But... uh, I mean, yeah. I would say, like, the Mimic tier being an easy mode probably depends on the build you have, though. Because, like, mm. I'm super glass cannony. Um, most of the bosses kill me in a single hit with almost every move. Wow. So, like, the Mimic tier, not a great play for me. The great shield soldiers have been my, like, go-to because I just need someone who can tank as much damage as possible and distract for as long as possible so that they're not hitting at me. Yeah. So your mimic tier would just die like as quick as you would. Same, same much. Now I didn't get the mimic till the end of the game when I realized I can upgrade my summons, but when I did finally pick up the mimic because Alan kept telling me, "Please, please get the mimic." mimic." (laughs) You you kept being like, "This game is so Um, hard. What do I do?" Just get the mimic tier. But I, I, I halfway through, I went from a a two-handed great weapon fighter to a mage because I wanted to try all the spells. I was excited about it. So when I was in my mage build, the mimic was virtually useless for me. I needed my tried and true bow guy who looks like a a minotaur or whatever he was. I love that guy. Um, I used him for most of everything. And uh, the mimic did not help me out very much as a a magic user. Man. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Because I'm... I put a lot of points into Vigor, even though it's pretty Dexy. I mean, you have to. These uh, these bosses can one-shot. Like, I was like 60 Vigor and getting almost one-shotted or two-shotted. Um, so, but my your Mimic tier, I think what it does is it takes all the HP of all of your flasks, I think, and, like, makes it its HP. Because it's way tankier than I was. Like, it was, like, not flinching at, like... Uh, I, don't, I don't know what the exact, like, algorithm is, but um, the Mimic tier was just the beefiest little guy. My beefy, beefy son that I would send out to take all my hits for me, um, like a good father. Um, and uh, yeah, but I, I suppose if you're a glass cannon, it might be a different story. But for me, it was like easy. It was just like salt beat the game for me. So I had to stop. I, there's too much power for one man to have. Um, and the game was no longer enjoyable <laughs> after I beat because everyone talks about how hard the fire giant is. I'm like, what? I, my guy beat him for me. I just I watched him die. I just I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> and then I realized that like, oh. Okay, well, I should actually play the game, I guess. And then I started raging again at Godfrey and Melania and stuff. How did y'all feel about, like, the visuals of this game? Um, uh, I feel like when it came out, people were complaining that it wasn't, like, it was, like, P- I heard people saying it was, like, PS3 graphics. Is it, Was that just me? Did I just have some, like, salty people in my stream? Or is that, like, I an thought actual it was criticism? gorgeous. I thought it was it was It was gorgeous. I think when it came out, there are a lot of other companies that were upset at Elden Ring's success and were going hard on tearing Elden Ring down. I think that was a big a big part of it. There was a lot of push just nitpicking and talking about basically anything to say, well, Elden Ring's not better than so-and-so company and so-and-so company because it, it literally destroyed all these other games yeah. in that genre. It, it wrecked them and because it was so darn good. 
It was, it was um, fucking I, I gorgeous. The graphics are beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. It's definitely a beautiful game. I think I would stay by what I said earlier, where like even with the set piece locations like the Rea Lucaria Academy, I don't I think there are places in the older Souls games that still feel more unique to me. Mm. Um so like you know, like I remember um the one place I was very excited to get to like Nakron, that like underground city. And yeah. you get there and like it looks cool, oh. but I don't think it's gonna like stick with me the same way that like that asylum in Bloodborne did, you know? Yeah. Um so like I don't, and I mean again, that's like that's an incredibly hard high bar to pass. Yeah, Bloodborne's um, like the most amazing world ever. Yeah, it, like it still looks way more like the art design is still way better than like ninety percent of games out there and like ninety nine percent of AAA games out there. So yeah, um, like it's incredible. FromSoft has put itself in the position where the only thing it's really competing with is itself at this point. Like. I don't know. Again, I'm not trying to just be like a fanboy or whatever, but like, like you said, like you're like, well, it's the only thing you can be like, well, it wasn't quite as good as, and then you're like, for everything, you're just like comparing it to a different FromSoft game. Like, oh, well, you know, the (laughs) the mechanics were a little better in Sekiro, or oh, like yeah, the 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 level design, like it's just they've knocked it out of the park. Um, but yeah, no, I I think it's just that high fantasy settings. I don't know. This is probably untrue because humans are infinitely creative, and so they can do anything with anything. But high fantasy's just been like plumbed so thoroughly i think it's hard mm. like um to like like with bloodborne they're like we're gonna do something that like and people have done it like this like, kind of gothic victorian era aesthetic but like it felt new it felt different um whereas like as beautiful as a job they're doing it is ultimately like oh more castles like um but th- but they still i think have done it better than most games have or can or will <laughs> um for sure yeah Zach, any thoughts on the visuals or on the on the aesthetics? Yeah, um, I really like the color palette that they used mm, across the game. Um, you know, like I think Dark Souls one through three are all like they're pretty in their own way, but it was all very gray with little Trap. pops of color. Uh, whereas like Elden Ring, there's so many different biomes. You know, you yes. get to see um, like you get to go from like a lush green forest and you go to like you know Kaelin that's just covered in rot. Um, loved the aesthetic of Kaled. You know, and it's just, you get so much variety uh, in the world itself. You know, you go to Nakron, it's like the ancient ruins, but there's a starry night, but you're underground. Like, what is going on here? Um, I just, you know, I, I get some of the complaints, like looking at other games that came out recently, like um, the main thing I would compare to visually be like Ghost of Tsushima. Like, yeah, Ghost of Tsushima looks better, but it's also so much smaller and the scope is nowhere near the same. And that's not a that's not a dig on Ghost of Tsushima. I absolutely adore that game. Um, That game is incredible in its own right. Um, But like what I think a lot of people are just like, look at, you know, like Elden Ring and be like, oh, the, the visuals suck. And it's because they're looking at something like. Um, you know, like a super catered linear first person action game. Like, um, you know, they'll look at something like the last of us two and be like, oh yeah, well the last of us two has these incredible graphics. And because Elden ring is not that, um, it's bad. And it's just like, you're, you're comparing apples and oranges and like, yeah, you can make the comparison because they're both video games, but you're looking, you're, you're looking at them in a vacuum. You're not really comparing an open world game to a first person narrative. 
you know, you're you're just looking at a picture and being like, this one's bad, this one's not. But like, look, like there's so many fine details that I think get overlooked as well. Like, um, especially when, because uh, I know a lot of people don't play magic builds. Um, but when you do some of those spells, they are breathtaking. Like mm-hmm. all the particle effects that are going on and, you know, like just the, from the whole package, I think it's just a very, very, very gorgeous game. Yeah, I, I think it's yeah, I, I think it's visually stunning. I, 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 I think it's fine if, you know, the people that are you made a really wonderful point of the first of like a linear story, just having so much control over their visuals because they don't have to accommodate while we also have to be rendering an entire like we have to be rendering in the world a world that's like hundreds of square miles or i don't know how it fucking works pixels i don't know like at the same time that we're rendering what's right in front of you they can they can take all the entire power of like of the engine again i'm getting a little bit out of my depth in terms of techno technological knowledge but they can focus all their attention on what you're experiencing right now whereas the fact that elden ring i can like look behind a wall and the entire world is still there and I can see things in the distance that I can like run to I'm breath of the wild did that too. But yeah, it's just incredible. And you know, to Rob's point about like some of it being a little bit like samey or drab, I I, I think it's funny you mentioned the underground city because I thought that was one of the more memorable things. Um, But yeah, Kaled, I love, I mean, it's awful. It sucks, but like it sucks exactly how they want to suck. And that's like, it's such a awful oppressive vibe. Like I feel like it's the ultimate realization of something like, I don't know, Blighttown or, um, which FromSoft does tend to use or like kind of similar themes throughout a lot of its games, particularly in the, um, souls, uh, souls games. Um, but, uh, they just, I knocked it out of the park. Um, and I, and, and, and the brighter color palette helps a lot with that. I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of, um, like the way some movies will have like kind of like a general blue hue over everything. Um, or like a, like an orange hue is really common, like gray, like, um, not just in the colors they chose to use, but I feel like there's like a golden sheen on the whole game. I might be crazy. Mm. I, again, um, which would make sense with the golden order and the earth tree kind of like illuminating everything. I just feel like there's just like this gold, slight gold hue over everything. Um, it just makes it such a pleasure to like look at. Um, and the audio design is fantastic. Uh, I, I, I tend to love uh, pay attention to audio in games a lot. Like every sound is so, so satisfying in this game even i tried to find a clip of it but no one's a weirdo like me so i couldn't find a clip of it like the sound of the wooden elevators creaking up is like is, is like amazing and satisfying like the world just feels so like the the sense of space in the games like shout out to the sound design team um like the mines feel like so like lived in and echoey like the reverb is fantastic like every little aspect just sounds like perfect to me. The soundtrack is amazing. Um, I think one of the best soundtracks besides again, Bloodborne, um, that, uh, from soft as it has done. I love, um, the sound design is incredible. Um, I think, I don't know if anyone else even notices sound or has any thoughts on the sound design. I mean, I but, buy uh, I buy all the FromSoft game soundtracks on vinyl, so you know. Oh wow, it's something <laughs> I uh, I really pay attention to and. I don't understand the people that say like Elden Ring's soundtrack sucks. Yeah, I'm waiting uh, impatiently for my vinyl to show up. 
for uh have they, Ring. have they already sold it like is it already available um it went up for pre-order uh around the time the game came out um i don't know that you can still pre-order it um but i think it's supposed to come out either at the end of july or um august it just is like with vinyl you know they always give you like oh yeah it'll come out like summer 2022 or fall 2022 um so you know i'm just i'm waiting i want it yeah and it's it's um like to it okay yeah i pulled up the details on it it's limited to 69,900 or six, nice. 69,099 copies and it is uh 8 lps wow holy shit i didn't know there was that much music in the game wow Maybe it I has hope the that sound was effects. a deliberate number there. Yeah, it better be. Yeah, <laughs> nice. George R. R. Martin's involved. It probably was. He's like, I'm only on board if if it's if we make sixty nine thousand copies of everything. Um, yeah, it was. I I. So long story short, this game is. I feel like I, the hype is absolutely deserved. Um, I love it. I don't think it's perfect. I mean, there's a few issues with it, but I think it's. I think it's going to earn its place in history as one of the best games ever made. Like, like, I kind of like, feel like, like it I already has. Yeah, I feel like it's already there. I don't think there's any really much discussion. Like, I, I think it's done. I, I think it's cemented its place. I, I think it's only going to age better. I, we'll see. I mean, some games start off really, really beloved and then. I mean, end just up like less so, but like I, with the. Uh, like with Elden Ring, it was like within the first three weeks. It sold 13 million copies across all platforms. And yeah, it like I think like it, it Dark Souls three didn't even sell that many copies in like six years. Some, like it's wild. Like, uh, yeah, how many like how many people that didn't even play these games were like, yeah, like uh, like uh, like there's just something there like Elden Ring outsold Call of Duty. Incredible incredible i think it's well earned i think yeah yeah i mean there, there's issues there's qualms it's not a perfect game perfect anything doesn't really exist but i think it's absolutely earned its title as one of the greatest of all time a goat <laughs> yeah it's creating a cultural like phenomenon i think it's going to live on as one of the greatest games of all time i think it's earned it uh, like there's so rumors guess- that there's like a movie or tv show that's going to be put into production like um you know, I don't know how founded they are, but like there was just immediate talk like Namco Bandai wants to expand on Elden Ring and they didn't really elaborate any further. But, you know, it was mm. speculated like, hey, you know, there, there's something here. Like even like non gamers or like hardcore gamers are latching onto this. Like there's something about this that people like. And I think it's yeah, going like- to be something that's around for a very long time. Like shortly after it came out, I was talking with someone about it at work, and it's just like someone like popped their head around the corners, like y'all talking about Elden Ring. Like it's just like everybody, like it's like just so pervasive. Like I feel like the last time something like this happened was like I don't know Mario Odyssey or not, yeah, Super Mario Odyssey or like Breath of the Wild. Like I feel, I, and even then maybe not to this degree. Or Animal Crossing actually kind of had that effect, but that was kind of yeah. Fueled here's by the pandemic. here's the quote from Yasuo Miyakawa, who's the president. And CEO of Bandai Namco, and it goes, much effort was placed into creating Elden Ring so that we could exceed the expectations of our fans worldwide. In like manner, we will continue our efforts in expanding the brand beyond the game itself and into everyone's daily life. 
Whoa, that's actually ominous. <laughs> I feel like that's actually a little scary. Just give me a DLC, Bandai. I don't need you to like take over my my life. Just a DLC will do just fine. Uh, but yeah, no, I think really for exciting. me, like, I don't think I don't know if I'd want to see like a TV show or a movie. Um, it's not impossible that you turn that into something good, but I feel like I don't, I don't know if that would capture what I love about it. You know, like I don't hmm. think the the format works for a movie or TV show. Like the closest thing we could have to compare to would be like Live Die Repeat with uh, Tom Cruise. Um, but like oh, Edge of Tomorrow, you mean? Is it? Uh, yeah, I mean, didn't they rebrand it? Like the manga that it was based off was called Live oh. Die Repeat. And I, oh, I didn't know it was based off of I think they rebranded the movie because people didn't get it. Um, gotcha. And I, but I'm not 100 percent sure on that. But it's like the closest thing that you know I can think of. Or um, what was a um, Happy Death Day to you or whatever Happy Death Day, whatever that. There's a it was like Groundhog Day, but a girl dies. Um, so there, like there's been attempts to do like the the main character dies and comes back. But I just I don't think that would really work in like the fantasy format without like putting like a comedic twist on it. Like, I don't think I've ever mm. seen it done super, super seriously. Well, Zero you- is an anime that does that. Um, like that was its whole hook is that the, it's like an isekai. But every time that the guy dies, he comes back to where he like spawned into the world. I think um, to do it, they would have to just focus on the lore. Like, what you would get is you would get, like, a movie uh, or a TV series about, like, uh, uh, America and about the Golden Order and about, like, the uh, like, and about like the betrayal and stuff. Like, I, I think that's the direction they'd have to take it is mm. just all, they'd have to plumb the depths of, like, the plumb GRR Martin's depths and, uh, and, and, and use the lore less so than the actual, like, game. Um but I mean, I I'm down for it. I'll I'll consume it. I don't care. Like, I, I, if it has front, if it has Miyazaki's name on it at this point, like I'm on board to at least try it. Um, like one thing I think I could see them doing is uh, when it came to the world building, like George R. R. Martin, he basically wrote the backstory for the game. Um, like he, yeah. everything, like pre-shattering of the world, he wrote like a really rich, detailed backstory. I could see like maybe, you know. Um, cleaning that up and releasing it as like a prequel like book or just like an expanded like encyclopedia of of the world but then I wonder like Silmarillion yeah like but does that does that hurt the final product because then you know too much um because yeah. I believe I read something that was like um Miyazaki was given like this backstory and he's like all right now how can we make this dark and messed up and that's where like a lot of the game George comes did not from. Give us something fucked up enough. How fucked up do you have to be? Like George R. R. Martin, this is too this is too PG. We need to take it darker. Um, yeah, no, I'm down for whatever they do. I mean, like, I, yeah, FromSoft is basically king right now. They can do whatever they want. I oh, think. definitely. I, I, they, um, I believe they were hoping to sell three million copies lifetime, and they wow. sold thirteen and a half million copies in three weeks. <laughs> Incredible. Um, and those yeah. were the most those were the most recent sales figures I could find that were from reliable sources. Yeah, it was just amazing. Um, so I think it's a goat. I think it's a great of all time. I mean, it's very recent. So, you know, we'll see how history looks upon it. But I think it's I think it does it. I think I think it deserves the hype and deserves the title of a goat. Um, so I think that'll about do it for our discussion of Elden Ring. Thank you for listening, listener. 
baby listener. Um, yeah, so uh, you can... The premise of the show is that you can uh, watch our Twitch channels and watch us play the very next game that we're going to uh, talk about on the show. Uh, it'll be up to the discretion of each individual streamer on if they choose to stream that game or how often or how much or if they do the whole thing or not. But you should be able to see us playing it and forming our opinions in real time. So to catch that, you can follow me. Um, I am. Uh, my name is Alan Newton. I go by Figgyo on Twitch, Figgy underscore O. Um, I'm joined today again by uh, Rob. Rob, Super Captain Rob on Twitch. Uh, Quentin. Yeah, Quentin. Uh, you can find me on Twitch or YouTube as Rat Parade. I believe there's an underscore in there. And But uh, not where you think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and Zach. Yep, that's Zach. You can find me um, on Twitch under Zach Attacks Games. That is Zach with an H. A lot of people, um, I've noticed, uh, they try to spell it with a K, which looks better uh visually but that's not how i spell my name so i felt it was dishonest oh man your parents really fucked up your branding huh <laughs> should have <laughs> known the brand <laughs> well uh that just about does it i think uh i don't have a sign off let me see if i can make one up on the spot um uh Stay goat, everybody. Uh, mm, mm. Or uh, keep playing the best, everyone. All right. Bye-bye.